Good morning and welcome to Prayers for Your Day. This is Danita and today is Wednesday, March the 8th, 2023. As always, 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 I give God thanks for you for what he is doing in your life and in the lives of your loved ones, the people, places, and things that God has divinely connected you and I to for such a time as this. Truly, I give all glory and honor and praise to God as I thank God for you. Um, I praise him that we have been able to connect in the spirit, that we've been able to connect via text, that we've been able to connect via Twitter, via email. Um, And I thank God that we've been able to connect on this podcast. Uh, It's only possible because of him. Uh, It is only possible because of who he is in my life. It's only possible because of who he desires us to be. On this morning, it's Word Wednesday, so I want to talk to you a little bit about the Word and really a conversation that came about yesterday as I was talking to uh, my two sisters. They just happened to be together, and they're together an awful lot, and in that, um, with them being together, um, you know, they're 10 and 8 years older than me, and so they are, I would say, relatively close. Um, in terms of hanging out, conversation, they went to school together. I'm kind of a loner. I'm not an only child, but you know, if you look at research and things like that, they'll tell you that there is there there is a time period where if you don't have children within a certain time, I might it might be five years or seven years, something that like that. Then basically, a child will grow up as if they are the only child. And I would say just because of um, of where I am in life in terms of I'm okay being by myself. I'm okay with doing things by myself. It doesn't bother me that I probably have some of those attributes, some, some, some of that character of, of an only child, some of that, um, I'm getting better, but some of that, you know, kind of everything's supposed to go my way. It's all about me. Um, I thank God that he, is still delivering me, right? I am being delivered from that, and I'm so much better than than where I was uh, years ago. But some of that, you know, is still there, and so I have to work extremely hard for that. And again, I'm just expressing it myself and being vulnerable about the things that I'm still working on, and uh, God is working out in me. You know, the Bible says working out your soul salvation, like it's working it out when we're delivered. It's the process where we're working some things out. And so uh, I always try to tell people, uh, be patient with me. You know, the psalmist said, you know, uh, be patient with me. God is not through with me yet. Meaning the fact that I'm still here, God is still working it out. I'm still in the process and I thank God for that. Anyway, I say all that to say um on this morning as I was talking to my sisters on yesterday and of course my oldest sister lost her only child um in November and that has been tremendously hard for my family. Um there is definitely a void in in our lives and yet I know the void in my life for my niece is nothing like the void of my sister for her only child. It's hard to even talk about it without feeling that uh, that wound. Nonetheless, I'm gonna get through this, y'all. Um, 
as we were talking about that and talking about how um, this world sometimes, if we're not careful, this world sets us up to be disappointed. If we're not careful, the world sets us up with a fairy tale life, right? The house and the white picket fence and the spouse and the two kids and this awesome career or a stay-at-home mom and a you know a dad who comes home with cooked meals and the kids are all around it. I mean, you know, we we've seen some of that even be played out on TV, right? Everything is great, you know, everybody is living happily ever after and when you start living life really start living life um and and hopefully that is not until you're an adult but i know that some people have had to start living life as children and what i mean by that have, have, have had to start you know maybe giving their parents money uh to, to help keep a roof over their head you know maybe even having to start watching siblings and at, at an early age, right? They didn't have any kids, but they had to start watching their siblings at an early age because, um, you know, mom and or dad had to work, you know? And so it's all of those things, right, that, that happen where you begin to understand that life sometimes is is not a, a, box, of, a, a box of chocolates, right? That's what Forrest Gump, if you've ever seen that movie, he said, you know, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get, right? And for some people, they're okay with that. They're just happy with the chocolate, right? I love chocolate, by the way. <clears throat> and I say that to say that when you start living life, you realize that that's not necessarily true. Like, you, you might get the house, but you might not get the picket fence. You might get the house... But you might not get the spouse. You might get the house, but you might not get the children. You might get to be a stay-at-home mom, but you might, you know, and so it goes on and on and on. But as I was thinking about that, I thought about gratitude. So where does gratitude fall into this? And I heard my sister yesterday, and I was speechless. Because as we were talking about just the way life has has happened is happening um my sister said um you know we were talking about God and she said you know I lost my daughter and she said and I'm no different than anybody else what makes me special and she said, you know, I, I just trust God. Hmm. And um, I just got quiet. <clears throat> because I know her heart hurts. I know. Um, I know she goes through it. But in that moment, she was laughing and she was happy. She had the joy of the Lord and I know that's what it was. And I listened and I'm thinking, man, I don't know how she's doing it. 
but she's doing it. And so on this morning, I thought about the scripture that talks about offering up a sacrifice of praise. And it says, therefore, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. Ooh, y'all have to forgive me. I wasn't expecting that. And this version is not the version that I was reading earlier, but I understand it based on what I said. She said, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. See, she has made an allegiance to God. And so when she says we have to trust God, See, that is a sacrifice of praise. She's not superwoman. I know she's not superwoman. I know she's not. And she's not faking that for us. But we didn't say a word. We just listened. I can't say I know how it feels. Lord knows. Nobody wants to know how that feels. And she owned that. But she said, what makes me so special? That she has to trust God. That's proclaiming her allegiance to him. Proclaiming her allegiance to the word of God. Trust the Lord with all of our heart. Lean not into thy own understanding in all of our ways. Acknowledge him and he will direct our paths, our allegiance to the word of God. Our allegiance. And then when you look before that, in verse 12, this is Hebrews. I don't even know if I said it, y'all. I'm sorry. Hebrews 13, starting at verse 12, it said, So also Jesus suffered and died outside the city gates to make his people holy by means of his own blood. Why did he die? To make his people holy by means of his own blood. So he, in, in exchange... He suffered in exchange for our holiness through his blood. Meaning we can't be holy without the blood of Jesus. We can't be. If we could be, he wouldn't have died. He wouldn't have had to. He would not have had to die if we could be holy on our own. He would not have had to die if you could be delivered from hell on your own. So it goes on to say, so let us go out to him outside the camp and bear the disgrace he bore. Let us go out to him outside the camp and bear the disgrace he bore. What does that mean? Sometimes your life, things are going to happen in your life that cause you to be disgraced. To be humbled. To be made low. 
My divorce was the lowest, one of, I would say, the lowest point of my life. It was disgraceful. It was humbling, but it was disgraceful. I was ashamed. But then it goes on to say, for the world is not our permanent home. See, I, I, I said this and this just confirms it. And I thank the Holy Spirit because I've read this before, but sometimes you'll say things and then God will bring you back to the word that confirmed what you said. And you think, did I read this before? Like, why did that? But God is lining up his word with your heart. So I said it, but now I, I see it. See, sometimes you'll read it first and later on it will line up to your heart. Other times you'll say it and then you'll read it and you'll realize your heart. You, you're beginning to have the heart of God when you begin to move like him and you don't even know what's in his word. Or you've not come across that particular passage yet. But I believe that it is, it is a sign, it's confirmation that your heart is being transformed and that you are beginning to have the heart of Christ. Don't mean you're perfect. But that's that transformation, the change, the process of change. So it said, for the world is not our permanent home. We are looking forward to a home yet to come. And so when you experience loss, when you experience disgrace and God humbles you and yet you're still able to get through it. Maybe not perfectly. Because I was a mess. And sometimes still am, sometimes still ask myself certain questions about me, but I know that's the enemy. And then as things come up, sometimes I, I struggle a little bit. But I thank God that he helps me, that he is my helper. That he is my helper. For the world is not our permanent home. We are looking forward to a home yet to come. So as we experience loss, as we experience disgrace, right? A lot of times it's like, man, I don't know. Like this world is cruel. This world is hurtful. People that you loved or may have loved who didn't love you back people who you were loyal to and I'm big on loyalty y'all I am huge I'm huge on loyalty almost to a fault right a strength overdone becomes a weakness almost to a fault right when it comes to loyalty and so when I encounter disloyalty it does something to me to my core when I encounter disloyalty, it messes with me for a long time. Because I'm not disloyal in my words and I'm not disloyal in my deeds. 
And so disloyalty takes me to a whole nother level when I see disloyal people and how they move. I mean, like that is a trigger for me. Pray for me, y'all. That's a trigger. That is a trigger. And I pay attention to how people move. I pay attention to how people talk about other people. I pay attention. I'm one of those people that if I say it, you know, it's nothing for me to say it to the person. Now, I don't always have the best tact. Pray for me. I'm being real. It's word Wednesday. We, I'm, I'm being real. And God is helping me through that. My tact is a lot better than it used to be. It used to be, man, if you said something to me that I didn't like or you were moving in a way that I didn't like, it'd be written all over my face. You would know it. Loyalty is huge for me. Commitment is huge for me. When people tell me, I, people never have to say to me, don't say nothing. The fact that you got to say that to somebody means to me, you shouldn't even say it. Because, you know, when, yeah, I'm going to leave that alone. But I say this to say, sometimes we experience those things in this world to not get us fixated on this world. To not get fixated on that house. To not get fixated on that car. To not get fixated on that relationship. Because this world is not our home. And the outward body is, is perishing. The outward man is perishing. I know, you know, there's a part of all of us that wants to look good, feel good you know, you know, be here, you know, whatever. But the reality is, as much as we put into this outward man, we better start putting it into our spirit. As much as I know a lot of folks put into exercising and juicing and meal prepping and, you know, all, and there's nothing wrong with that. We are supposed to take care of the temple. But don't forget about the spiritual man. If you're spending 10 hours or more You want to get in front of me? So you look so you can be safe? I'm good. Okay, all right. <laughs> all right. I'm sorry, y'all. That was um, one of my colleagues in, on a busy street. But if we're spending 10 or 15 hours on this body or more, and I know some people, they are committed to their bodies. They are committed to their physical health. How committed are you to your spiritual health? So I say again, Offer up the sacrifice of praise. Of praise. I love you all. I really, really do. I love you all and I pray that you have an awesome day. And an awesome weekend. Oh, it's not even the weekend. Okay, it's time for me to hang up. Have an awesome day. Bye-bye.
Good morning and welcome to Prayers for Your Day. This is Danita and today is Thursday, March the 9th, 2023. As always, I give God thanks for you, for what he is doing in your life and in the lives of your loved ones, the people, places, and things that God has divinely connected you and I to for such a time as this. As always, we give God glory, honor, and praise just because of who he is. Who is he? He's a worthy God. He is an awesome God. He is a God that can do anything and everything but fail. He is a God that although we don't always understand, we trust him. Why? Because he's trustworthy. He's faithful. He's loving. He's kind. He's long-suffering with us. He is gracious and merciful towards his people. And so we love him just because of who he is, who he has been to us, who he is being now in this present time at this very moment. The fact that you can hear me, the fact that you can come in agreement, meaning you've got the right mind to come in agreement with the word of God, the fact that you was drawn because the Bible says that no man can come unless he first be drawn just because of who he is. That's who he is to us, who he is in this present time. The fact that we've got lips to speak just because of who he is. And if we don't, if we can't speak, our heart's posture is towards him just because of who he is in this present time and who he will be because he never changes what he will be to us, what he will be for those that we are praying for and interceding on behalf of who he will be to our children and our children's children and our children's children's children for generations to come, who he will be in the earth when the son of man comes back, hallelujah, just because of who he is. We magnify him and we make his name great. We proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord. We proclaim that he is the ruler, hallelujah, of us, the ruler of this world, just because of who he is. Hallelujah. Magnify his name. Make his name greater than your problems. Make his name greater than your situation. Make his name greater than the tears you've cried. Make his name greater than the issues that you have. Make his name greater, 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 greater. Why the Bible says greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Greater, We serve a great God. He's not a mini mouse God. He's a great God. Hallelujah. Make his name great in the earth. See, the more you talk about him, I don't know about you, but the more I talk about him, the better I feel. The more I fix my eyes on Jesus Christ, the better I feel. Feel. The more I glorify his name, the more I talk about how powerful he is, how great he is, how mighty he is. Hallelujah. The better I begin to feel. I can feel the Holy Spirit rising up. Hallelujah. I can feel the Holy Spirit moving. 
Why? Because God said that when we call on him, he would answer. Hallelujah. And in, in his full, in his presence is the fullness of joy in his presence. How do we evoke the Lord's presence? We magnify his name. How do we evoke the Lord's presence? We tell him how great he is, how strong he is, how mighty he is, how much we love him, how much we need him, how he is everything to us. Hallelujah. And when we almost lost our minds, it was because of him. How do we evoke the Lord's presence? We call on the name of Jesus because Jesus is the name above every name. Jesus hallelujah Jesus is the name above sickness and disease Jesus is the name above loneliness Jesus is the name above mental anguish Jesus is the name above every name. There's no other name that can be said. There's no situation in which Jesus is not above. So we call on the name of Jesus this morning. I've come to encourage you on this morning as I encourage myself. The more you call on him, the better you will feel. The more you get into his word and realize that the things that we worried about, it's nothing compared to our expected end, to what God is doing. We go from faith to faith and from glory to glory where God is taking us, where God is taking you, where he's taking your children, on the people you've prayed for. We've not seen anything yet. The Bible says eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it entered into the hearts of man what God has, hallelujah, in store. What God is doing even now as we pray, even now God is working those situations out for your good. Even now, even now, right now, this present moment, God is working it out. He is removing individuals from your life that need to be removed. He is putting people in proper places who need to be there. For the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. Positions, promotions, those come from the Lord. The Bible tells us that. The Bible also tells us that God will vindicate us. He will make our vindication like the noonday. You don't have to vindicate yourself. You don't have to argue with, with people who just want to argue for the sake of arguing. Be wise. A wise man or woman knows when to leave the room. Took me a while to learn that. But it's true. You know when it's time to go. You know when your, your presence is no longer welcome. You know when the words you say no longer matter. So what do you do? You shake the dust off your feet. And you leave those people, you leave those situations to God.
because God knows what it takes to get you to where you need to be. He also knows what it takes to get other individuals to where they need to be. And sometimes where they need to be is absent from you where you have to leave the room. You have to leave the situation and turn it over to God. Turn it over to God. Sometimes we think we know what's best. Sometimes we think we have the answer. But God has the answer to every problem, to every trial, to every tribulation. God has the answer. Why? Because he is the answer. When you don't know what to do about a situation, you pray about it, you give it to God. When you don't know how to, who to talk to about a situation, you talk to God about it. He is the answer. What do I do about this? God. <laughs> Where should I go about this? God. What should I say to this? God. God is the answer. And once we realize, and I'm not talking about just you and me. I'm talking about nations. I'm talking about humanity. I'm talking about husbands and wives. I'm talking about children. I'm talking about those who are deep in sin. I'm talking about those who want to be changed and do better. Once we realize, we realize that God is the answer to all of our problems. To all of the things that we don't understand, and some of them we're not supposed to understand. But once we realize God is the answer, we'll rest better. We'll start enjoying life a whole lot more. We'll stop looking for people and things and situations to do what only God can do. We will stop looking for people and situations and money and all of these different things to do what only God can do. I don't care how much money you have. If you don't have the peace of God, you don't have much. If you don't have the joy of the Lord, you don't have much because money cannot save you from hell. Money cannot cure a disease only God can. Do you know how many people have died? I think about, you know, Michael Jackson. I think about Prince. I think about Robin Williams, the actor who committed suicide. I think about, um, you know, all of these different people, at least in my lifetime, where you looking at them and man, they've got money. They've got money. I think about Steve Jobs. I think about all these people where cancer took them out. Suicide took them out. In some cases, drug overdoses because of pain or whatever they got addicted took them out. Now you got all this money, right? This is how the world thinks. You've got all this money. You can fix it. 
Only God can fix it. And sometimes we have to get into a place where we say, God, if you don't do it, it can't be done. Because that's when we really surrender all. That's when we really say, let me get totally and completely out of God's way. Yes, I'm going to pray. Yes, I'm going to fast. Yes, I'm going to speak the word of God. But God, if you don't do it because you are the answer. You are Alpha and Omega. You are the beginning and the end. You are the author and the finisher of our faith, oh God. It's on you. Now, that doesn't mean we don't do anything because faith without works is dead. So, yes, we move in that direction with the understanding that our trust is in God. With the understanding that, yes, if they say to me, you know, Danita, you know, uh, this is going on in your body. Here's some treatment. Here's some medicine, whatever. Right? Faith says God is going to heal me. Work said, I don't know how God is going to do it. So I'm going to get the treatment I need, take care of my body, and still believe that God is going to heal me. Why? Because God can heal me through medicine or he can heal me miraculously. But nonetheless, it doesn't mean that when we move in a direction that we don't have faith. It just means that we've come to the understanding that we can't make it happen. That we can't force it to happen. And if for whatever reason it doesn't happen, he's still God. He's still on the throne. He is still sovereign. He's still too wise to make a mistake. And so somehow whatever's going on is working out for my good. It is working out for the good of the individual. Now, sometimes we don't want to tell people that in certain situations, because if you've ever been in a broken place, you really don't, you really can't hear that at that moment. But deep down in the spirit, the spirit man knows that God works all things out for the good, for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. I love you all. I was going to read a scripture this morning, but I'm almost at my time. And um, hmm. sometimes it's, it's just good to let the Holy Spirit have its way. I pray that this message, short message, blessed you on this morning. Have an awesome, wonderful uh, Thursday. Terrific Thursday. Bye-bye.